Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh-uh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, no, 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 no. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Oh, God. Welcome in to the Captain J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you. For a three-hour ride on this Waddle Wednesday, we'll open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. And Cap, we survived the black ice yesterday, a little bit more smooth sailing coming in this morning. And what I was thinking about on the drive-in, going past the Museum of Science and Industry, down South Shore Drive, over to Lake Shore Drive, making our way to beautiful downtown Chicago, I was thinking about new. And I was thinking about the word next. Mm -hmm. In sports, you have to be able to think about what's next on the horizon and what's new about your team. Careful, death to your mentions. Oh, no. (laughs) That's fine. Hey, listen, people can stand still, but I'll keep keep it moving. Agreed. While people stand still, there's nothing like new and fresh. That's the way, what's the reason why sports goes round and round, Cap? Yep. Is because when you turn on SportsCenter, when you turn on your favorite team, or you turn on your favorite sport, you go to a draft or free agency and say, what's next? Who's the next big thing? And the NBA was Wynn Yama with the Spurs. You thought you saw everything in basketball as far as height, the ability for big guys to be able to do what little guys do. And then here comes Wynn Yama, like, like Inspector Gadget with his arms and his legs and the ability to do things that a 5'9 guy could do. That's what's next. That's what's new. Correct. When it comes to the NFL that we talk so much about, we talk about, Hey, man, Patrick Mahomes is it. But you know that there's a section of fans that look at football and say, Patrick Mahomes is cool, but, but what's next over here? Like, I, I, I mean, Mahomes right now is the, at the epicenter of football. He's at the, the tip of the spear, but is there someone greater? Is there someone else down the pot? That's what you think about. Mm-hmm. And you think about that in baseball as well, new and fresh. The Chicago Cubs are able to get Dansby Swanson a name that came from a great organization in the Atlanta Braves, right? Right. And you say, hey, Dansby Swanson, that's something new and different. Mm-hmm. You know, when the White Sox were able to get Luis Roberts, you see, you saw the name. You say, okay, what can this guy do? Oh, God. This guy's one of the bright stars in Chicago sports. Never mind about the team, the individual talent. It's great because it's something different and new. Correct. So when it comes to the Chicago Bears, I don't know why that there are some, and it's not all, but there's some, maybe a loud minority, actually louder than the minority that you work with every morning, (laughs) a loud minority of people that say, man, I'm good with what we see here. I'm good. You're You're not ready for something new and fresh. Right. And I just think that I find that fascinating because the draft and free agency is about an infusion of new talent. To be able to help your team, doesn't matter if you're last place, first place, the draft and free agency is in place mm-hmm. for you to be able to enjoy something different, to enhance your chances 
of being able to maintain a winning status or to get better from the basement up. And so I don't know why there are a number of people that we talk to every day that are not into new and fresh and different. Because no matter what, you can't stop progress. I always use the phrase that you can't fight City Hall. Then it comes to a draft of free agency for Ryan Poles. You can't fight what is coming. What are you going to do? Burn your jersey? No matter your favorites, there's going to be something different that's going to happen down the pike every time. Every single time. I was talking to a buddy I went to school with yesterday. He's in the insurance business. He loves sports, but he doesn't make his living off of sports like we do. And he's like, how cool. You guys have the number one pick. Wow. You may actually get a good quarterback. And I said, I can't say that. What do you mean? Why not? I said, because when I say that on the air, you're an idiot. Well, how does this guy have a job in the Chicago media? Like, I'm looking. Abdallah had a very lucid, well-thought-out take last night, and he's had it. You know, hiring of Waldron means this, and Black, you know, has great intel on Caleb because he's a USC fan. He watches every snap of every game. Yep. And I'm listen- I listen to almost their whole show last night. I do all the time. And immediately... How do these clowns have jobs in the media? They can't see what we've got. Yeah, the fourth best quarterback in the division. I mean, it's like my buddy's like all fired up for us. Wow, you finally get to get one. God, you guys are getting Caleb Williams. That's amazing. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. I said, come down here and say that on the radio. Kaleeb. And just wait. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Kaleeb is the one guy called him. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. But we have a guy. Shea made a great point in our morning meeting. We have a guy on the basketball team who has accomplished more than Justin ever has. He was on the Olympic team. I think he's a two-time Mm All-Star. He has averaged among the league leaders in scoring at some point. Didn't he average 28 a game a couple years ago? Mm -hmm. He's getting max money. We would give him away as a fan base. I'm talking about Zach Levine. Yeah. Tonight. Sure. But Justin? No chance. No. Because I understand how polarizing, how important football is in our city. Uh, so do I. And I, I love that. that they're passionate about their quarterback. But it's just a man. I listened to a really good podcast all the way to work today. Mm-hmm. Where I couldn't watch what they were watching, but I've already seen it. They have... Good and bad plays by Caleb Williams, and they break him down. And they compare him to different guys, Patrick Mahomes or Jeff George or all these different guys. Jay Cutler was one of the names they talked about. He can make all the throws. He can improvise. He can do this. He can do that. But he has got to limit some of the hero ball plays. But in the end, they're like, that guy's talent is undeniable. Yet we have people that don't even want to hear it. Well, he was bad against Notre Dame. Forget him. Yeah, well, you could cherry pick any game, even the all-time greats. You could cherry pick some bad games and say that guy sucks. Correct. But then I would agree with that person. But then we'd both be wrong. It all sucks. See, that's the that's the difference. I'm excited about the Bears' future in that not just the number one pick that everyone's talking about, but I'm excited about number nine because ultimately, Cap is about building toward building it the right way Mm -hmm. and trying to build new and fresh. Again. If you have not watched Bears football all season and you say that everything's fine, then you're not really watching the game. 
all you see is improvement from three to seven victories. But if you just watch the Chicago Bears and compare that to the contenders in the, in the NFL, those are in the Final Four or those that were in the division, then you can see that there's a big difference between Bears football and everything else. Yes, if you're looking for a bowl game for the Bears to be in, it'd be the toilet bowl if this was college. So far. so But doesn't mean that that's what it, the way it's always going to be. Mm-hmm. What it's going to be is a team that's on the rise and on the come. And the, reason, the way that you're able to get better, I think we all know this as sports fans, but I'm just going to say it out loud, is that you have to have something different. You have to be able to have something young, fresh, and new. And so for the Chicago Bears team, it, it's interesting. I told you I went to the dentist. Over here, the Fox 32 building. Went over there and went to the dentist. And the first thing, as I come through the door, Dr. Becker, who is a Packers fan, by the way. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine I have a Packers fan as a dentist? You, you need can, a little extra jab. Uh, always. Yeah. Always. Always. Mm-hmm. Even, when I, when it, even though I don't need a needle, he gives me a needle anyway. Right. Uh, even when I'm just there for just a usual checkup because he's a Packer fan, I'm a Bear fan. I couldn't even get through the... I couldn't even take the coat off, Cap. Ah... Here he comes, Mr. Bear. How about that? Hey, how come? Hey, you know, I had my um, uh, Marlon Briscoe Broncos jersey on yesterday. Correct. First African American quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I just happened to wear it because it was next in rotation. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Wait, you, you're not wearing your Caleb Williams jersey yet? <laughs> Already taking a shot. Yep. Because as a Packer fan, he sits up there high on his high horse saying, we got our quarterback. What about you? Where's your Caleb Williams Bears jersey? I said, right. they haven't made one yet. Right. I said, um, but don't put it uh, past me. In August for my next appointment, I might be wearing one, pal. You just wait. You'll get yours. That's, it. That's all I have. I have no ammo. I guess, <laughs> well, yeah, what are we supposed to say? <laughs> I got no ammo. We I, have no ammo. That's the sad thing. Becker, who listens to the show every morning, he just, he just, just a belly laugh at us every morning because it's us trying to figure out how the, the Bears can get at least to where the Packers are as far as the hierarchy in the NFC North. It's interesting. But, but, but as, we, as he was checking out everything uh, you know, with my teeth, he was saying, you know what it comes down to is you guys have to be able to build through the draft. He goes, free agency is one thing, but you got to continue to build. You're on the right track. Even as a Packer fan, he could see that. Even as a Packer fan, he could see that. And that is absolutely true, Cap. We saw the, uh, the mock draft from Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper Jr. puts it out there, and he has been steadfast. He said this uh, two or three weeks ago, that Caleb Williams is a better talent than Justin Fields. That's what, how he sa- says it. Now, let me just say this. You got intel. I got intel about this. I think there is a um, happy medium that we can come to when it comes to Caleb Williams. When we hear experts, and we'll hear one in just a moment, say that Caleb Williams, he's the next Patrick Mahomes. That's too far. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's Patrick too far. Patrick Mahomes is on the track to be the best quarterback to ever play the sport. Yeah. That, but that... But, but saying that Caleb Williams is Patrick Mahomes is too far. Mm-hmm. You know how I am about extremism. Like you can't just be completely pedal to the metal, balls to the walls on everything without having some kind of nuance. You got to have something because mm-hmm. when you're just extreme one way to the left over here, to the right over here, you've got to be able to see the forest for the trees and look at it and say, Caleb Williams for what he did for USC was incredible. Really great numbers, really great games. It's not Patrick Mahomes because that's unfair. We do this in the NBA draft all the time, right? Oh, my God, look at this Kawhi, the next Michael. Hang on now. Be careful when you say that. 
There's a lot of tough games that Michael Jordan had to go through that you and I watched. Correct. Championships, a lot of, of uh, uh, bruises, and a lot of beatdowns and, um, and dis- difficult losses. So before we say that, we've got to be careful. Caleb Williams can be a difference for the Bears. I, we are we have to make sure we say it. He's not Patrick Mahomes. No. But is he better than Justin? That's the question. And or, that's why or is his future better than brighter Justin's? than what we would have with Justin? Yeah. That's the question. That's it. Because if you keep Justin and you trade this pick for a haul and next year you're like, we got to get a quarterback. Where are you getting one? First of all, the draft class isn't as highly regarded next year as it is this year. Mm-hmm. A. B, you won't have the number one pick. And your roster should be good enough that you'll be, I don't know, eight wins, nine wins. If Justin's not great, seven. You're not picking at the top of the draft. And if there isn't a, a guy there, where are you getting your quarterback from? Right. Oh, God. Like, to me, the scariest situation is if you keep Justin and he doesn't pan out to what the Justin Fields fan club thinks he can be. Mm-hmm. And Caleb Williams is a all-pro somewhere else. Khalib. Where are you getting one? His name's Caleb, for God's sakes. <laughs> it's so rigorous. Go crazy. Crazy. Good old Mike Pompeo's Heights always checking in. And I, I mean, I watch a lot of tape. A lot. And wow. He's a special talent, man. Of course. They both are. So here's some opinions, and they vary from uh, person to person regarding the Bears quarterback situation. So Albert Breer was, is with us every Tuesday at 835 here on Cap and J. Hood. Go to the archives of the ESPN Chicago app and click that second hour from yesterday. You can hear this conversation in its entirety. I asked Albert Breer, what is he hearing as far as comps for Caleb Williams at quarterback? And Breer says... The obvious one, right? Caleb Williams is Patrick Mahomes. And oh, I have had no, I've had no less an authority than Cliff Kingsbury himself say that to me on the record. That like that 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 is eerie the similarities between the two of them. And remember, he coached Mahomes and told everyone who would listen about Mahomes when Mahomes was coming out in uh, in 2017. And so he's had a year now with Caleb Williams, and he says that, and he would tell anybody, you know, like that there are a lot of similarities between what these two guys between what. What 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 Caleb what what um, Patrick Mahomes was in 2017, and what um, and what Caleb Williams is in 2024 doesn't mean that you know seven years from now um, that, that that Caleb Williams is going to have won two Super Bowls and maybe be on the precipice of a third and all of that. But that's the talent level we're talking about. So thoughts there from Albert Breer regarding um, the comp, and I think that's strong. If that did come from Cliff Kingsbury, I think that's wrong. And I think that is, uh, when you think of Caleb Williams in, on the college level, they might be some things that Patrick Mahomes has done well in the NFL that we've seen, but has that been on the same level as what Caleb Williams has done at USC? I'm not so sure about that. So sometimes these comps could be over the top uh, because when you put that stamp, especially Cliff Kingsbury, right, a guy that's going to be a coach again, I'm sure, in college or the pros, when he puts his stamp on Caleb Williams and says that he's – just like Patrick Mahomes, that's tough. That, that's a tough comp because that's a long hill to climb. But he's probably the only guy that could, and I, I agree with you, but he's probably the only guy that could say that because he coached them both. You know what I mean? 
No, but man, <laughs> I mean, that is it. You know, you don't want that comp to end up being Harold Miner, being the next Michael Jordan. Right. Right. Baby Jordan. Baby Jordan didn't work out very well. Just saying, it's, it's just, you got to be careful with that. Correct. But when it comes to trying to determine what's best for the Chicago Bears, I mentioned I'm excited about the number nine pick as I am what the, the Bears could do with the number one pick. You just have to be very wary, Cap, of exactly what you're going, you know, what you're getting into if you're Ryan Poles. Do you look at Caleb Williams and say that this is a guy that can help me sooner than later? You don't really have a grace period, Cap, in year three of Iberflus. Maybe for Ryan Poles, maybe he has some assurances from George McCaskey uh, and from Kevin Warren. But I just think year after year, you've got to keep going forward. There is no backsliding. Right. It's about trying to be able to improve on the seven wins you had this previous season. Correct. You know, it, it, through all of this, you know, Aberflus is this and Luke Getzey's that. Heaven forbid it's Justin at all. Olin tweeted this yesterday and got incredible numbers of mentions. Mm-hmm. Olin tweeted, question I, just out of nowhere, question I never thought of. What if Getsy goes somewhere else and kills it? Like, is awesome. Like, what are people here going to say? Damn. Well, well I'm not I, saying he's going to. Please, yeah. don't bring the tape back and go, he said Getsy's great. I didn't say that. I simply read his tweet. Yeah. You have a problem, take it up with him. And it won't end well for you. Uh, <laughs> what if he goes somewhere else as a OC and you're like, wow, his quarterback looks really good and Wow, they're scoring points like in bunches. Mm-hmm. What are people here going to say? They're going to say, well, how come you couldn't get that done in Chicago? And he'll say to you, because the quarterback wasn't good enough. Possibly. More than likely, yes. You know, it, it, when it comes to coaching and players, it's about fit. Mm-hmm. It, more so than scheme, it's just about fit. Mm-hmm. I have a set of plays that I think that you could flourish in. Can you master it? Yeah, coach. Yeah, we just laid out there for me. Let's do repetition. Let's continue to work on this. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We've seen plenty of examples in sports in which a coach uh, is not successful in one program or one place and then flourishes in the other because of fit, because there is symmetry between the player and the coach, the player and the scheme. But in the end, whether it is Justin, whether it is Caleb Williams, whether it is some guy that we find at pick nine, whoever, if they don't have a better plan that Jerry Angelo had when he drafted Rex Grossman or a better plan than when he traded for Jay Cutler and didn't give him top flight receivers and upgrade the offensive line, or when they brought in Mitchell Trubisky, we're not playing him for a year. Oh, four games in, let's go. Get in there. Really? That was dumb. Oh, Justin's not ready? Oh, Andy Dalton strained his calf. Get in there. No. Green Bay would never have done that. Mm-hmm. Ever. They may have drafted the guy. They would have had a backup to the Andy Dalton or the Mike Glennon or any of those, and they would have let the kids sit and learn. Cause the, and that's not me speculating because that's what they did. Yeah. Period. That's what they did. And they keep getting it right, and we keep getting it wrong. But everybody here thinks they know what a quarterback looks like. Yeah, some, some we do. Don't. Yeah, well, well, some do. But I, I think that we have to look at facts. I know that some opinions are stronger than facts, but I'm old school. I still believe in the good old facts. And the facts are, Cap, is that the Bears are in last place. 
and yeah. four, a fourth out of four teams. And I just think that we as Chicago sports fans have to be able to brace ourselves and be prepared for new. Mm-hmm. Every offseason, whatever sport we're talking about, we're always trying to figure out, hey, that free agent is available. Get that free agent or get that draft pick or make sure that the team I root for is different. That's better than, not less than. And so with the Chicago Bears, I'm embraced uh, and I'm embracing new for this team because it's, it's going to happen anyway. There's going to be there's going to be an infusion of new players to help this team to get out of the basement. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of change coming. That's right. um, would you say that 225 or more passing yards in the 2023 season in a game? That's a that's good. Solid day, yeah. not great. Not awful. Mm-hmm. Solid. Shay, would you agree with that? Two, 225. Passing yards in a game for a quarterback, 225. Yeah, that's a solid day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jared Goff did that 14 times this year. This season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dak Prescott did it 13, same as Tua. Pat Mahomes did it 12 times along with Love, Allen, Purdy, and Stafford. Stroud did it 11 times. Trevor Lawrence, whoever said had a bad year, he and Baker Mayfield did it 10 times. Justin Fields has done it six times in three years. In three years. Yep. Yet we anoint him like, oh my God, we're going to move on from this guy. Right. Again, he's a great person. He's a great leader. He does a lot of splashy wow things off platform. I watched a lot of tape yesterday. I just sent one to Shay and to Jay Moore in there. See if they can edit it because there's some profanity. Sure. But one of the quarterback gurus is breaking him down on tape. And DJ Moore runs a slant and is wide open. And he checks it down to Cole Komet. He's like, what are you doing? That's never going to be more open in the NFL. Yeah. We ran more slants. People are like, how come we don't run slant? I believe we ran with Justin more slants than any team in the league. He just doesn't throw it. Well, uh, well. To be fair, that is an option within the offense. Yeah. It's, it's a choice, but you'd rather be able to get more yardage if you can. The That's slant what? is a great play. Yeah, we just don't rip it. Look, I mean, look, we grew up with the slant cap. I mean, it's it's fine if you if you're just going to slowly move the ball down the field and take time off the clock. I mean, we just went through the celebration of the 49ers the other day. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like Montana's uh, pass? Was it a pass record? Consecutive passes in a game? I believe that's Super Bowl? I mean, mean, so that was all short passes. is running game and short passes. And that's fine. But at some point, you've got to be able to take shots down the field. I say this all the time. Officials are trying to help you get yards. They're trying to help you get to the end zone. These false flags that come out of nowhere, these phantom pass interference calls, they're helping you. Like, if you're not going to do it, they'll help you. Just you throw it up, pass interference. Oh, look, you're a first and goal. Just like that. Every any NFL game, watch it. Where you say that's not pass interference. Yep, that's what they call because they, the the league wants more offense, so they'll help you. The slant is one of the great plays in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes uses it very effectively. Jordan Love, oh my God, he loves to throw that. Aaron Rodgers, how many times do we see Aaron Rodgers get a first down with a slant? Mm-hmm. Instead, we check it down all the time. Yeah, and and so what you were looking for this past season was growth. Got some of it. But is ama- imagine in 2024, 2025, that it looks even better. Ben Johnson, taking a look at that Justin Fields tape. If we're f- turning down balls like this, 
on slants to the guy that's open on slant, man. Throw it, Justin. I'm tired of this. <laughs> what is he mad at? He's not a Bears fan. What's he Dang. so upset about? He all he does that guy <laughs> is just grind tape and break down every quarterback. That's all he does. <laughs> and he kept running that back, and he's like, "You might be in the end zone here." Yeah. Instead, it's a check down to Cole Komet, and you come up short. Yeah. Okay, so some of, something else, too, regarding Albert Breer with, that was with us yesterday, and that is talking about Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Waldron isn't a quarterback guy. He needs infrastructure. Listen closely. Now, Shane has some experience working with quarterbacks, but would you term him like a quarterback's guy? Um, maybe not. You know, like, so, like, you know, that, that, that'd be the next part of that. And I think that's part of why when you, when you, move, when you move off of um, – yeah, off of off of Luke Getzey, you know, you also got rid of the quarterbacks coach because you want to give um, you want to give the next guy a chance to, to to bring in his own quarterbacks guy. So that's all part of it, you know. And I think that piece of it's going to be really important. And when you look at young quarterbacks like that have made it, you do see really good infrastructure, you know, there. Like you know, and um, you know, I always use the Eagles as a great example of like you know when Carson Wentz was really going at the beginning of his career. Why was it? Well. You know, he had like three layers of quarterback infrastructure there, and Doug Peterson, who played in the league, Frank Reich, who played in the league, and um, and then and John D. Filippo as his, as his position coach. So, you know, I I think that that's a that's a that's a big piece of it now is okay. Like, so Shane's in. Now, who's Shane going to bring with him? And honestly, like Shane's got great results out of his quarterback, so I think that that's going to be a um, that's going to be something he's going to be able to address pretty quickly too. Um, you know, look at what he did for Geno Smith the last couple of years. I don't think anybody saw that coming. So, um, so certainly he knows what he's doing in that area. If he's not, even if, you know, you wouldn't consider him specifically a quarterback's guy, because that's not the position he came up coaching. So you heard what he said there, uh, Cap talking about Albert Breer talking about how Shane Waldron isn't a quote unquote a quarterback guy, meaning quarterback guru. I believe that's what he meant. Correct. He's not a quarterback whisperer. Mm-hmm. Like you send him to him and he'll fit. Like Andy Reid, yeah, quarterback whisperer. He was also a quarterback coach before he became a head coach. Mm-hmm. He was up in Green Bay on Holmgren's staff. That staff had, I think, Mary Ucci at one point, Andy Reid, John Gruden, yes, uh, Mike Holmgren. There was a bunch of them. It's a great staff. But he's going to bring somebody in with him who is a quarterback guy, whether that's Greg Olson, not the one we're going to play here in a minute from Fox. Mm -hmm. There's a Greg Olson who actually worked for the Bears many, 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 many years ago uh, who's considered to be a great quarterback teacher. Uh, We interviewed yesterday the wide receivers coach from Seattle, and D.K. Metcalf said that guy breaks down pass routes Better than anyone I've ever been around. He's awesome. So, because Seattle hasn't gotten a head coach yet, that guy's out of contract. He's available, so the Bears are trying to get a deal done because he's worked for Waldron on his offensive staff in Seattle. My friend George Brooks, who is a football guy I know, Mm -hmm. said, Cat, I'm listening to you guys. Best defense in the NFL ever. 85 Bears lost to Miami. The one loss because they slanted them to death. Yeah. Remember that? I do recall. Yep. Duper. Yep. Clayton. Slant, 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 slant. Sure. And, he, and Marino got it out quick. Mm-hmm. Under two seconds. Balls out. 
But also along with that is the run after the catch and the dynamic way that to be able to reach out and get first downs. Yeah. Not saying that Cole Komet can't, but you need even more weapons to be able to execute that. I mean, look at Brock Purdy in San Francisco. They have the weapons. If they want to slam people to death, they can do that because they got the athletes to break tackles, get to the first down, and just keep the ball moving. Mm-hmm. Bears? We have one. His name is, well, Cole Komet is yeah. okay at that. Just, or uh, DJ. Sure. Is very good at that. No question about it. Uh, something else, too, from Greg Olson, who was on with Wadlin Sylvie. I want you to hear this because uh, the question is, are the Bears willing to pass on a number one pick two years in a row, especially at the quarterback spot? Listen. The question becomes, are you willing and able to pass on a number one overall pick, presumably a quarterback, two years in a row? And really what it comes down to is, if you just assume that Caleb Williams or Drake May, whoever it is, is not an upgrade over you know, over, over what you have now in Justin, let's just say they're even. The tie goes to starting the quarterback's clock over. And I think there's a big difference between that and just completely disrespecting Justin and saying, okay, he's not the quarterback. If they were picking eighth overall, this conversation wouldn't exist. This is a very unique situation just because of how bad Carolina was that opened up a possibility and a pathway that I don't think anybody could have ever predicted. And when you can start a quarterback's clock over and you can now sign him to a four-year deal for, I don't know what it is now, $25 million total or $30 million total, whatever the number is before you get to the fifth-year option, it's just very hard to pass on that number because you can spread a quarterback, a, a second-tier quarterback's going to make $35, $40 million dollars. You can spend a lot. You can get your roster a lot better in a lot of other ways with that money. I think that's the dilemma they're facing. I don't necessarily think it's they view one of these guys as this like unbelievable upgrade over Justin. I think simply it comes down to we're a year a year away from having to pay Justin, and if he plays really well, we know the number that comes with it. And if he doesn't play well next year, we're back to square one. Yeah. So the thoughts there from Greg Olson. Ultimately, it's this cap. If the Bears didn't have the number one pick in the draft this year, and they only had nine, this would not be a long-form discussion. The discussion we'd have is, what are the Bears going to do at nine? Or if they're going to move up from nine. Right. What would it take to go from nine to get up get one of those guys? That sure. would be the discussion. Could you get a quarterback that you like at nine? Absolutely. But you can't get that next year. But my friend Adam Hogue had the best. Or no, it was Weederer. Mm-hmm. Weederer had the best line. When he said, you have your pick. You won seven games. Picking in. Oh, hey, here's a gift card. What's that for? The number one pick. Thanks, Carolina. Appreciate everything. Here you go. Yeah. A gift card that gives you potentially a superstar. Mm -hmm. But because if this was just the Bears at nine, this conversation would be like, okay, Justin, you got one more time to get this right, and they're going to give you a bunch of talent, free agency, and the draft. You add nine, you, if you can move up, fine. But if this would be Justin Fields in place. What we're laying out almost on a daily basis is the options. No one's running anyone out of town. No one's running anyone over the bus. We're talking about facts. And the facts are is that the Bears have several options. It might be an option that you don't like as a Bears fan, and, and I couldn't care less about that. It, does, it doesn't matter. I need what's best for the Chicago Bears more so. All I care about. I just care about not just the individual talent, but the Bears getting better. That's what it comes down to for me. Again, fan how you want a fan, and you say, you know what? I'm a Justin fan. Good. I hope that the the decision is is that the Bears say, 
going to pick a lane of the quarterback. If it is Justin Fields, man, give him, like you would give Caleb Williams or anyone else, the opportunity to succeed. It's my quarterback. Right. With, with weapons, whoever it is. Upgrade your own line. Get him another receiver. And then let's go. Let's see what happens. Get a, a, an extra running back that's like a scat. That like, we're not getting Jameer Gibbs, but that style, fast. Yeah. Whoever the quarterback is, you have to be able to supply the infrastructure anyway. Agreed. I mean, no matter what. Rookie quarterback, same quarterback you have, you got to supply him with a, a better offensive line, better protection, and better weapons. Let's see what the Bears do. So, Shane, let's open the phone lines. We have other things that we're going to talk about here this morning. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. No matter where you are with, no matter where you're at with the quarterbacks, are you ready to embrace the new Chicago Bears? We're, that's what we're talking about this morning. Are you ready for new? Because no matter if you like it or not, news coming to the Chicago Bears. So let's talk about that. Also still to come, the return of an icon to Chicago sports. We'll have it all for you as we move forward here on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Checkmate 1-6. Oh, suppression on target. That's why I see him in the show. Shot or no shot with Cap and J-Hood oh, on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Here we go. That's why I see him in the show. Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. On ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... That Beat Club Hawthorne Betting Bars, Jonathan, featuring horse racing, video slots, sports betting, craft beers, great food. Try the Caesar salad with chicken, grilled. I love it throughout Chicagoland. By the way, Jay Moore is making me a new ringtone. New ringtone. I want... Here we go. Here we go. I love that. Love that. That's going to be my new ringtone. I might, even, I might even have him put the Omaha on the back of it. Here we go. Omaha. Here we go. Omaha. Here we go. No, I think here we I'll, go. I think I'll just do the here we go. Just that. That's going to be my new ringtone. Why do you like it? I think it's cool as hell. Hoodie. It's the worst. It's the most annoying cadence. Like, when I watch Cowboys games, I almost have to mute them. Oh, I love it. I can't stand it. Check, check, check. Here we go. Damn. The best. All right, check. So, somehow he keeps that same cadence when they're losing, too. It doesn't leave. It's the same way. You know what it is for me, Shay? It is a trigger to look up at the screen. You know how we go, we're so immersed in our phone, and there's so little action in the NFL? It actually is between plays. When I hear a here we go at Omaha, okay, here we go. I got it. All right, let me Snap see. Two. Here we go. Pay All attention. Right. That's kind of what it is. It just kind of steps me back into watching the screen. It doesn't bother me. I just know it's it's time to watch more football. But you prefer Omaha! over. Here we go. I prefer anything over Here We Go. It's terrible. <laughs> I like Here How We Go. How do you think go. Cowboys fans felt listening to Here We Go when they were down 28 nothing in the wild card game to the Packers? You know, I was thinking the same thing, right? But he does, but he does it with the same flourish, the same fervor, though. Down 28, here we go! It's That's insane. not fun. But we're not That's, going. Right. That's if, I, if I'm a Cowboys fan, yeah, here we go. Going to get your ass up out of here, pal. Like, go, goodbye. When he takes ah, here we go. When he takes his girlfriend to dinner, he come to the door, pick her Here we go. You the best. She'd dump him on the spot. No. She would not. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? 
All right, Mel Kuyper's Mock Draft 1.0 has the Chicago Bears selecting Caleb Williams, number one overall, and then selecting Washington wide receiver Roma Dunze with the ninth pick. I know people are more familiar with Adunze after the national championship. Uh, according to Brock Heward, one executive compared him to Devontae Adams. He had a stellar season for Washington, nearly 100 catches, 1,700 yards to go with 13 touchdowns. Shot or no shot? The Caleb-Adunze combo could be the best quarterback-wide receiver combination in the NFC North. That's a shot. So it would be DJ Moore, Roma Dunze with Caleb. Yeah, but he's telling you specifically to the draft, Caleb and Adunze, best combination in the NFC North. Uh, Before I commit, I don't. I don't go ready, shoot. Love and Christian Watson. Aim. Goff and Amon Ra. Whoever is with Justin Jefferson, if Justin Jefferson remains in Minnesota. A little bit of a question mark Yeah, let me just think. I don't ever just react. I think things through first. Who are you talking to there? (laughs) Everybody. You're not talking to Not the audience, right? Is your mic off? You know he's speaking out loud. Yes. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Jefferson Cousins. That's pretty awfully good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adunze Caleb. I mean, yeah, Adunze Caleb. Uh, I'm going to say if Kirk Cousins is back there, ah, hell, I'm a Bears fan. Yeah, shot. You know, it's I, close. You know, I said shot is because of the of what um, how Shea phrased the question. He said could. Yeah, could be. I mean, yes, I, and that, that's an absolute shot. Yeah, could be the worst. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to say shot because of the way the question was phrased. I mean, he they don't get top billing. We don't go here. We go. No, not yet. Because Justin Jefferson and a healthy Kirk Cousins, pretty dynamic. Amon Ron Goff, pretty dynamic. Green Bay doesn't have a receiver as dynamic. If they had Devontae Adams still there with Jordan Love, different sure. story. Sure. So it's a shot, but Justin Jefferson is proven, and Kirk Cousins has had six 4,000-yard seasons. You take the veterans first because they're proven talent. Correct. They've the, done it at the highest level. Sure. You, the, the empirical evidence is the stats that you see, the amount of touchdowns they have, the production they put together. Well, he said could. That's a shot. Shot. Absolutely, because that's the top shelf of the, of the draft, the way I see it. There you at, go. Especially the wide receiver spot. Uh, if you can't get Marvin Harrison. <laughs> Can't get Marvin Harrison to Doomsday's a, a nice second choice. Yes. All right, Shay. All right, Albert Breer made some Bears news yesterday after his appearance with us, uh, publishing details into the Bears interview process between Matt Eberflus and new offensive coordinator Shane Waldron. Breer made it clear the biggest attraction for Waldron would be the opportunity to coach Caleb Williams. But Breer said his understanding was that Eberflus took the opportunity to defend Justin Fields in those interviews. Shot or no shot, the Bears are still considering keeping Justin Fields. That's a shot. That's a shot. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the conversation, I'm sure, on a daily basis. It's January 24th, 2024. The draft is three months away. Yes, he is still considering it until he does all his homework. He hasn't even used his one of his 30 visits. You get the 30 visits for the prospects. He hasn't done any of that and had him at the facility and on the whiteboard and testing all his medical. They haven't done any of that. So, yes, today he's still considering it.
yeah. three months from now? I don't think he will be. Yeah, the, the decision to me is not cut and dry. Mm-hmm. You might hear at House Hall, yeah, we're definitely going to try to find suitors for Justin, and we're going to go with Caleb Williams. That might be the plan right now. But they've got to be able to continue to do their due diligence on Caleb Williams also, or Drake May also, mm-hmm. to find out what's better and what's best for the team. I'll ask this as an aside, Shay, regarding our interview with Albert Breer. We do this every Tuesday at 835. His report that he had yesterday, I wondered did that have something to do with my question to him when I asked him about Shane Waldron. And I asked, uh, what assurances did Shane Waldron have to know who he's working with? Do you recall that question? Mm-hmm. I asked him, I was like, yeah. if, you're, if you're in that position and you're on the precipice of getting the job, do they tip their hand, the Bears, to say, by the way, you'll be working with Tyson Bajent as a backup and we're going to go for Caleb Williams? That's what I was wondering. Right. Like, uh, how does that process work? Of course you walk in there to the room and said, give me anybody. I, I can work with any offense. Don't worry. Just give me the quarter. But I think that you want to know whether or not it's Justin Herbert or Easton Stick. You'd want to know the difference, right? <laughs> I mean, you want to know if, uh, if you're working with a frontline guy that's had some trouble here and there or rookie. Yeah, I believe that they don't tip their hand to the degree we're taking that guy. You're going to be part of the decision-making process here. We know we have a Justin. Mm-hmm. We're going to evaluate everybody. We love Caleb Williams, but let's do this together. And, yeah, if he checks out, we're probably going to take the kid. You're number one. It's not like you're trying to bluff anybody. Shay, on a, on a, uh, a cold February day, we should probably should go to our all-NFL all team names. Easton Stick's got to be right there in the team photo, isn't it? Right? I mean, the backup. Yeah, the of course. That's a hell of a name. It's incredible. It's literally a hockey stick or a baseball bat, depending Eastern on how you want to go with it. <laughs> Such a weird name. It's amazing. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, it's just, just odd. We had to do our all uh, NFL name. There's plenty of them for sure. We, after a point, it becomes a key, and, uh, a key and peel bit at some point with some of these crazy names we see. All right, my friend. All right, a report from Bruce Levine suggested that Sox-designated hitter and occasional outfielder Aloy Jimenez was drawing very little interest in the trade market. (laughs) But, hey, maybe this will drum some interest up, Hoodie. Aloy was asked by A.J. Pruszynski if he will hit 40 home runs this season. We're going to be. We're going to be. Last year it was a terrible season. Uh, But we're going to come at it, Uh, you know. uh, We asked some couple guys, and um, this group is good. We just uh, had to figure out what's going on, and then we're going to move forward. You're going to hit 40 for me this year? If I'm healthy, more than that. More than that. Hell yeah. Hold on. Shot or no shot? Under. (laughs) That's all he has for you. Stop cold. (laughs) He never gave you over. He just said under. So, (laughs) well, that's pretty good. Uh, uh, Yes, that's a shot. Under. Yeah, I bet him to be the home run king last year, and he got hurt right away. Well, If he's healthy, yeah. I think he's a 45 home run guy next year. That's a no shot. If he's healthy. You know, how old a guy is Aloy? I don't know, 27? I'll take a could look. You, could you imagine, Cap, saying on the record, you know, if I'm healthy, I can get more than 40 home runs. Who talks about that Aloy in is 27. Cap. He will turn 28 March 12th. Who talks about that as a young person? Now, older gentlemen like you and I are always uh, wary of injury. Speak but for I mean, yourself. 
Not old. Older gentleman. Are you older than Aloy? I'm older than Aloy. Okay. That, an older gentleman. Damn. Um, my, my point is, Cap, is that who talks about that but openly? He, well, because he hasn't been healthy. I understand, he, but I just like... Every year he's had a, a malady of some type. Oh, a malady, did you say? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You got smallpox once. <laughs> malaria? Yeah. You recall the malaria, right? A diphtheria here. Yeah. I mean, the bubonic plague came up that one season. You remember really offset him? Yes. God, he's uh, 27 and he's just a DH. That's just a shame. That's all he is. Not even a first baseman. Just a DH at this age. That's it. That's a no shot. He's not even going to get close to that because himself putting the the jinx on himself. You know, if I if I can stay healthy, dude. Like uh, every time you look around, he is hopscotching the first base because he's got an injury, a leg, a, a knee. Come on, man. I got your back, Aloy. I'm with you. I'm going to go over forty. Okay, forty or more. Okay, that's insane. That's insane. It's nice for you to say here in the home of the White Sox, ESPN 1000. But he's not getting there. He's just not that player, Cap. Would you like to have him back, by the way? Would you like to have him with the Cubs? Uh, I'd make him my DH. You need a third baseman. Here's Shane. Oh, Lowe. my Shay? God. <laughs> Yesterday, the Milwaukee Bucks fired head wow. coach Adrian Griffin. 43 games into his rookie head coaching season, despite a 30-13 and 13 record, good for the second best in the NBA. Get out. Shot or no shot. This is one of the most surprising firings you've ever seen. Uh, that is a shot. Most surprising since David Blatt fired in the championship year with the Cavs. Feels like the same thing, no? Yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, Joe Prunty at this point in time is the interim coach. I know, Cap, you're going to say that there's there's no way. Joe Prunty, longtime NBA assistant. I've actually done radio shows with Joe Prunty. Good on, guy? On, yeah, very good guy on Sirius XM. So I've done shows with Joe. Right now is the interim. But I found there's a lot of things that was interesting about uh, last night. First of all, Hawk, Adrian Griffin, fired this early in the season is because there's a disconnect between Hawk and Giannis Antetokounmpo. It starts before the season. It was something that was completely underreported. Why is it that Terry Stotts, was uh, decide to walk away from the Bucks before the season. Why would that happen? Because there was a problem with the install of the, uh, of the offense that Terry Stotts was putting in. Terry Stotts was pretty much there because Damian Lillard was there. You would think there. I mean, you, he coached Lillard all those years. It works, right? Even Terry Stotts walked away before the season started. No one talked enough about it, but it was very odd. It wasn't because of illness. Terry just walked away from me because I can't, I can't work here. So then from there, there's been so many other issues here with this, this Bucks team. Like, they're just not very good defensively. They're in the bottom 10 in defense. That's also a problem, too. Those Pistons games that the Bucks just recently won, you know, they were behind big in the fourth quarter, I think, in one of those games. And then they rallied back to win the game. Internally, I was told yesterday that Hawk and Giannis did not get along. And here's something else that will surprise you about this story. There was a game already in the regular season. Oh, I know what it was. It was when the Bucks got bounced out of the in-season tournament. Bobby Portis just went nuts in the locker room about coaching. Of all people, he didn't say anything. Bobby Portis stood up and said, I'm tired of this. Our offense isn't where it's supposed to be. The coaches are responsible for this. This is ridiculous. Bobby Portis 
is one of the guys, and I don't know how that leaked so quickly because the first time I saw it was from um, uh, Chris Haynes from Bleacher Report. Mm-hmm. He put it out there like Bobby Portis is pissed about the way the, the ball club is put together and the defense and all that. And that was one, one of the reasons why that Griffin is not in a job right now. So there was just a disconnect. It was, I mean, it's early. They're 30 and 13. I get it. But there's so much, so many issues internally, Cap, that I was told with the Bucks that they just couldn't get over the hump. They couldn't, wow. they couldn't move forward. Now it sounds like Doc Rivers will be rolling in. Now, here, now here's the parallel of Savard and Quinville in that regard. It, it wasn't until I read Shams Sharania's piece that Doc was a consultant with the Bucks quietly. He was the Quinville. Wait a minute now. Aren't you doing stuff for ESPN? I thought you were away from the game. Quietly a consultant with the, with the Bucks, and he's going to get that job. Also what was weird about this, Shea, for the first time, and Cap knows this, since, uh, was it uh, uh, Dan Patrick and, uh, was it Fran Charles? No, who was the guy that was doing CNN Sports? You remember CNN oh, Sports? Nick Charles. Nick Charles. CNN Sports is reporting that Doc Rivers is going to be the next head coach. Yeah, who does sports there anymore? <laughs> we haven't heard of news. They used to have Fred Hickman and yeah, Nick Charles. And Nick and Charles. Then, remember Vanner Wright? Yeah. Los Angeles. Yes. yes. We haven't heard news out of that place since 89. Right. And I saw this on the halftime show on uh, TNT last night. Hold on. We're getting this word. CNN Sports is reporting. You're who? CNN Sports. They don't even have a sports department. Not Woj, not Shams. CNN Sports is reporting that Doc's going to keep the job. So if you're looking for where the knife is, Shay, look at the ESPN lead booth. Doc Rivers, a consultant with the Bucks, and all of a sudden, Doc more than likely will be in that job. It's a lot that's going on there. Because I know, Shay, it's a surprise, right? I mean, we're not even at the all-star break. You're firing a coach. That's how difficult it was internally, I was told. Wow. How much of this is on Giannis? Giannis handpicked the coach. Now he's playing a part in getting him out of there. Every great player does it. He's become, I'll tell you. Somewhere Mike Budenholzer is looking at his championship ring laughing. Giannis has swung from one of the more likable budding stars in sports to one of the least likable guys. It's been a lot of stuff like this lately. Every, Every coach, every player does it. Cap. We can lay it out from Magic Johnson to Michael Jordan. They all, uh, to Charles Barkley, they all get a coach fired. Remember Kevin Durant and Kyrie took Steve Nash in Brooklyn, and then Kevin Durant put the knife that ended his job in Brooklyn. Right. So it happens all the time in this, in this league. You know, it's a player's league, and I don't, this team cannot defend. And it's a talented team. Bottom 10 in the league defensively? That makes no sense. But the Pistons, I was told that before those Pistons games, that there was an opportunity for Griff to be fired, that they were thinking about it at that time. But then the way they played, though, Shay, go back and look at those scores. Yeah, they won those games, but how, how they played against a terrible Pistons team, they just stopped trying. And it's early they stopped trying. They're too talented for that. So a good man was fired yesterday. That's yeah, too bad. So uh, let's go around the NFL. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Huh? 
Time to go around the NFL right here on Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000. Don't forget it's a Waddle Wednesday. We'll hear from Tommy coming up at 8:35. Around the NFL, here's Shane Orling. Shane. Yeah, it's Wednesday, which means it's another day to revisit my playoff power rankings. Oh, fresh yellow pad. Hang on. Let me get it ready here because that's going to be fun. I don't have to use the whole sheet this time, Shay, because it's only four teams left. <laughs> It'll be quick. Okay. I ranked both the teams and the quarterbacks for you, Hoodie. I came oh, okay. ready to go. I love this. Uh, I have to revisit the tiers again from the start of the playoffs because I have to apologize to Kansas City. I had Kansas City sitting in the dead team's walk-in tier where I thought you will not advance past the divisional round. Well, having Patrick Mahomes just the greatest cheat code ever. They are the new New England Patriots to me. Like, this is Tom Brady with Rache Caldwell and Ben Watson getting to an AFC title game. You've got Rasheed Rice rookie, Justin Watson, who who knows, MVS and Mecole Hardman. And then Travis yeah. Kelsey drops galore all season and until the game in Buffalo, you're in the AFC title game. It's unbelievable what they've been able to do. Yes. All right, so let's go to your list. What, what do we go with first? Uh, we will start with four. Okay. This is going to be controversial. Their fourth best team right now. Number four, the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. Wow. How about that? How about that? So why, why 49ers four? If Debo Samuel plays this weekend, he's going to be extremely limited. I didn't like that Kyle Shanahan came out and said it's a 50-50 shot. He plays it all. When he doesn't play, Brock Purdy is bad. And when Debo doesn't play this season, 0-3. It is the worst timing for the worst injury that they could have. To me... They're sneaky, not good against the run. 26th in EPA this season against the run. And you're going to go up against one of the best rushing attacks and one of the best offensive lines in football in the Detroit Lions. It just it feels like a very bad time to get that injury. Well, I can see where Shea is looking at. Last week, Cap, there was magic. 12 plays, 69 yards. They found a way to win a football game because the system and Purdy works. Can they pull the trick twice? Against the Lions. Now, that, that, and that, by the way, that is not a lean from Shea. That's an analysis on San Francisco. That's not a lean on the game. Correct. But I guess without Samuel, can San Francisco do it twice? That's the question. It's a great question. I like that you have them number four because I am on the Lions this week. Yeah. I'm hoping my grit hat shows up mm-hmm. that I ordered. Oh, God. Yeah. You're going to wear that in here? I'm going to wear that all the time because I. Grit is probably my next tattoo because that's what my wife teaches that class. There's a book called Grit that businesses use to evaluate employees. Dan Campbell is all about that. Grit. That is great timing because uh, the tattoo that Jay Moore is going to get is going to be Grits with an S. Wow. (laughs) Here's Shay Norling with number three. Here we go. (laughs) Number three is the Detroit Lions. Okay. I'm wildly impressed with how they've been able to finish these games. Mm-hmm. The end against the Rams, that's a game that the Lions historically lose 100 times out of 100. They held on. They survived. Ben don't break defense. Red zone stops. It's been how they've lived. The offensive side, Jared Goff's not turning the ball over, not for lack of trying. The first try into the end zone should have been picked. Mm-hmm. Oh, Carlton Davis dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
he's not been turning the ball over. The fumbles have gone away. The offensive line, except for Jonah Jackson right now, is mostly healthy. Frank Rag now a little banged up, but he'll go. I think this offense can move. The running game works. The coaching works. They seem to have juice in that locker room. They believe it's them against the world, and it's working for them. I Honestly, Hoodie, I think they go to San Francisco and win. Number two, Shea. The number two team is the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. What impressed you about Kansas City that Kansas City is two and Lions are three? Not vice versa. Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. I thought the game plan that Andy Reid put together against Buffalo was fantastic. I think it's two weeks in a row where you've seen Kansas City play against a team. Andy said the game plan was put together by Matt Nagy. Give him his flowers. I think the game plan that Andy Reid put together was fantastic. I think it's two weeks in a row that you're playing a team. Look, you get a little lucky sometimes. Miami, all of their linebackers were dead. Buffalo, all of their linebackers were dead. Vaughn Miller got into this game. Vaughn Miller doesn't play at all. You just, you got to get a little lucky to win championships. Patrick Mahomes has been outstanding. He was outstanding in the game. Their ability to run the ball through Pacheco is a new wrinkle. And he feels like he's seven yards a pop right now. It's nuts. Purdy's unbelievable. So then, number one. The Baltimore Ravens. And where they've been basically all year at this point. I was going to say, how many weeks in a row now? Maybe 11? I think we're up to 11 or 12. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens, number one. Do you have any issue? You're my uh, accountability partner, Cap. Tell me what you like about these ratings. As Cranty would say to Solomon. I actually agree with his ratings. I'm hoping that the Chiefs can roll in and beat the Ravens. Yeah, that would be sweet. I would love to see it. And I'm on the Lions to beat the 49ers outright. I'm t- I got it played at plus seven and a half. But I think they're going to be a money line getting my feet wet there because I think they can win this game. I do. It's one of those situations where I respect the Kansas City Chiefs, but I love Patrick Mahomes. But Baltimore, being at one, if they win the Super Bowl, obviously they'll get their flowers. But I will give them a lot of credit because over our shoulders every morning, how many Raven stories are doing, Cap? Zippo. Correct. I was just going to say that. Nothing. One of the oddest stories about this season, this Ravens team, if they win the Super Bowl, this is not hyperbole. They will go down as a historic team. The defense, number one in football. It's been unbelievable. All that history, all the numbers, but there's no controversy. What does that mean? They put the the camera in the locker room to see Harbaugh and the coaches dance. That's all you got. And and by the way, Shay, I appreciate that because they're just going about their business winning football games. No controversy, no bottom line, no flowers for Lamar Jackson. It's BS the way they do that. I'm talking about Fox or ESPN. But here's a team here that Shay's had number one for at least 11 weeks. No controversy, right. just just winning ball. But games. they're not going to be on any list of all-time teams. But they are. If they win it, they'll be the best team this year. I, Cap, they might. They, no, they've led games for more minutes than any team in NFL history. Whatever, they're historic they're this point year. Point differential north of two hundred. They, Whatever, they're not going to be on the list of the top ten teams of all time. They might, if okay. they pull this off and win, they might. We'll agree to disagree. They are unbelievable. Same part as the two thousand Ravens, and they're just that was a better team. Probably, but it'll be. I honestly think it's closer to that team than you think. They are smashing teams. 
You think about the way they went into San Francisco as five-and-a-half-point dogs and lit them up. And then they play Miami at home a week later in a potential letdown spot as three-point favorites. All they do is win 56-17. to And then they get Houston. You were on Houston, and they blow them off the field in the second half, 34 to 10, whatever the final was. They are obliterating good teams in a way. They're really good, but they're not not a top five or 10 team all time. Stop. They're not. I don't know, man. If they pull it off and win, they might end up close to that. You agree with that, Cap? No, I do not. Not at all? They're the number one this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give Shea all his flowers. He's been on them for a long time. All right. We got to seal the deal now. We have another list, right, Shay? Yeah, the quarterback power rankings as well. All right. Number of four. What, the final four? Yeah. No okay. surprises here. Number four is going to be Brock Purdy. Okay. Number three? Number three is going to be Jared Goff. So far, we're in the same as team order. Yep. Uh, that's just Brock Purdy, uh, frankly, was not good until the final, like, eight plays against the Packers. Jared Goff was fantastic in both games. Uh, Lamar Jackson's number two by the narrowest of margins. Patrick Mahomes is number one because, hey, he's Patrick Mahomes. How how can anybody argue with what he's doing right now? Won a playoff game in a big spot on the road. It's kind of one of those um, V8 moments, right? Yes. You put your your palm against your forehead and say, why didn't I go with Patrick Mahomes? Because we didn't know if he could be able to pass that test of being able to win on the road, and he did, and the Chiefs did against the Ravens. You heard Patrick Mahomes in that locker room. You guys asked for it. You got it. All he needed was a take that at the end of it. Oh, is that what he, all he needed was that? Yes. Uh, so, so, hey, think about it. Patrick Mahomes. He was happy because he beat the Bills. Hey, real quick, real quick, real quick. Hey, they asked for it. Yeah. And they got what they asked for. Hey, but he said it. This ain't done. No. We come back next week ready to go. And turn it up a notch. Chiefs on three. One, two, three. One, two, three, Chiefs. Love it. I feel good about our team. We're going to be good. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And he's number one on the Shy Norling uh, list. Number one. And I loved Andy. Reed just triggering everyone in Chicago. Uh, shout out to Matt Nagy. He put an amazing game plan together. Take that. Tommy, are you ready? Got Tommy Waddle coming up. Yeah, I am. He's drinking his prune juice, right? What, what, what? Excuse me? You're the oldest guy at the station. <laughs> yeah, I don't look it. <laughs> Says who? Me. You got one of those circus mirrors in your house? Uh, nothing like a good circus mirror. A little funhouse mirror, Tom. Wow. You, you remember those, right? Yeah, hey, like I'm no spring chicken, but coming out firing about that. Hey, Tommy, what was like when you're, you were playing, the coolest thing your quarterback would say before the snap? Did you have anything cool like a, here we go? I uh, love no. that. Hold on tight, maybe? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Get your ass killed out there. I'm going to throw this really high. Make sure you catch it and, and, and cover up. Yeah, exactly. Blue no, 80. I wouldn't say that about you. Blue 80, uh, buckle up. <laughs> Something like that, right? Something like that. We'll talk to Tommy Waddle. Waddle Wednesday. Bit of breaking news. And that is coming up next. It better better be good for you to interrupt this tease. The Green Bay Packers have fired Joe Barry. Out. Finally, it happens. Gone. Just happened. Take that. Was that worthy, Tom? (laughs) I'm not laughing at Joe Barry. (laughs) Let go (laughs) 
guy has a family, Tom. I said I'm not laughing at that. I was laughing at Jonathan's response I mean, to you. Yeah. Like Joe Barry's pro- or his job security is probably could have waited to the. the yeah, no, it's got to happen now. Well, got to got to be first gotta, in this business. Got to got to be first because that's where because we're, we're in the news oh, yeah, business, right. Tom, as you well know. Exactly. We're, we're in the news gathering business. Of course. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Yep. Good job, Kat. Well, we're going to see if we can get to Tom Waddle and uh, Waddle's Wednesday. That's coming up on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. Here we go. Yeah.